Well, hello everyone. Hello friends. This is Malcolm Evans again. And um, if I was to say it's been a technologically challenging day, well, most people would say nowadays, well, what's different? And uh, there's always something that um, we have so many moving parts. Now, um, you may see that the um, the backdrop is looking a bit bit fancy. It does this every now and then. And I was saying to my good friend today, uh, Christine uh, Harrington, that I watched her um, interview on LinkedIn and I was having a bit of backdrop envy. So I'm going to go back to my normal stuff in, in, in a moment. Christine, are you there? I am here, Malcolm. Ooh. Thank you for asking me on. And I, I must say it's, it's, it's long overdue. And um, so I can get this background working here. And there we go. Back to old sort of country cabin. I feel a little bit, bit more cozy there. The dog under the table and wherever. But uh, um, and I was just putting a couple of notes together for this and so on. We we met years ago. It must, I think it was in like 2012, 2013. It was September 2014 at 19. the Jeffrey Gittimer certified training thingy. <laughs> yeah, the thingy, yeah, that was it. And um, I, I was scratching around and I found one of these books. Yeah. What, what is crazy in it that... Um, Jeffrey signed it. Oh, how nice. But at the top, there's somebody else's name in there. And I thought, did I pick somebody else's copy up? <laughs> and the spookiest thing happened. Um, some years later, I, I picked this up and um, I, I was looking for content. This is how I, eventually, you know, I, I found Jeffrey and I had a ton of stuff and I didn't know which way to go. And I picked this book up and I got through like five or six pages so I can connect with this. I like the tone. I like the message. And I went all the way through and there's a chapter in there that um, there was the top salesperson from a company and, you know, the, the top nine and a half tips that, you know, Jeffrey wanted, right, what would you recommend others to do it? And I remember reading it, and I often read books from the back. And I was going through the, the chapter, and I thought, this sounds crazy. The person that Jeffrey interviewed and made it into this book, the best-selling sales how-to book of all time, is my wife's best friend. Oh, really? Two, two houses up from us. They've just, you know, they moved a month or so ago. But uh, I said to her, hey, do you know you're in this book? She's, oh, yeah, very unassuming. But uh, <laughs> so sales, as we know, can take us anywhere. And, um, you know, if we both, you know, been in sales for so many years, and I, I bet you, uh, you, you came into sales well before the Jeffrey Gittimer adventures. Oh, yeah, I'd been in sales for four decades, over four decades. Um, I was in corporate insurance sales, Malcolm, and, uh, you know, grew up on Zig Ziglar, saw Zig Ziglar in the 80s. Um, Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, um, those were, you know, my heroes in sales. 
and who whenever I could see them live, I would try and do that. And I have all their books in that bookshelf behind me. Yeah. And uh, um, the still to this day, I continue to go back to the masters. You know, sales, some of the new sales trends, the new sales influencers are, in my opinion, ruining the sales industry mm -hmm. because they're putting out just cheesy stuff. And <laughs> um, the, the younger generation, they don't know about old school selling. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the snake oil salesman time. I'm talking about just the basics of send a handwritten note. Don't forget your customer's birthday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just the basics. Well, <laughs> we, you know, I'm, I think pretty much from the, the first time we met, we've been in violent agreement about these things. <laughs> you know, it's um, there's there's ways of doing things properly. And, um, you know, we anyone that's in sales is representing the whole industry and um, you know, they're representing their company. But most important, they're representing themselves. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned I got a whole bunch of questions here and I, I put a little little thing out on LinkedIn this week and I'll, I'm trying to stick to it. And it was a quote from from Einstein said, there's a, if I have an hour to solve a problem, I will take 55 minutes exploring it and five minutes on the solution. And I thought, hmm, there's a ratio there, 11 to one. That should be almost the ratio of questions that are asked before suggestions are made. Yeah, so, did you see my comment on your post? I didn't, I'm sorry, maybe I was busy typing out my 11 questions. <laughs> I, I said, it sounds like salespeople where they'll spend 55 minutes thinking about making cold calls and then five minutes on actually making cold calls and then throw up their hands and say, see, cold calling doesn't work. <laughs> yep. Okay. Now this is this is a this is a, a great intro, and this is you know I, I whenever I chat with any friends on here, it it's kind of semi script. The end of the day is um, there's got to be meat and potatoes that we can pass on to the next generation, or to somebody that isn't, you know, somebody that needs a, a somewhat of a different perspective. Now, what what would you say that? Um, if we if we took a pulse of today and let's uh, let's assume now no let's not assume because we all know what how that goes you know we don't make an ass out of you and me um do you still see sales as a career for new people to enter into I do, I do. The Here's the issue though, Malcolm. The problem is when you and I came up in the sales realm and we had the patience to learn to do it the right way. We had the patience to try to fail, to pick ourselves back up and, and start moving forward again. We learned our craft we studied and, and honed our skills. But 
in this fast pace, got to move to the next, you know, five second um, uh, interest of mine. The salespeople that are coming up in the ranks now don't have the patience, nor the attention span to actually pour themselves into learning their skill. So what happens is they follow the next new shiny object and they're looking for the magic instead of looking to develop their skills. And you, yourself as a, as, a, as a very experienced coach, trainer, um, carried a bag in, in the day. And um, it's almost that the, you know, I, every time I have these conversations, I feel a little bit older. It was like it used to be, you know, when we, when we had a pager, when, we, when, when the sales manager threw the, um, the yellow pages at us and said, hey, there's a million dollars in there, now go find it. And um, there, was a, there was a lot more of the, you know, the grunt work, I would say. Um, what has changed from, you know, the, almost the, like the, the purpose of the role representing an organization to its, its highest sort of standards and values as opposed to today? And it might sound a bit of an odd question, but um, is the commitment there? Are people valuing this, this opportunity? Because we know, having been through it, the sales can be one of the most rewarding careers ever. And the highest paying, let's say that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the highest paying. And mm -hmm. right now, it seems like um, businesses, corporations are tolerating mediocre because we can't hurt their feelings by telling them the truth. You know, I, I mean, I, it is astounding to me um, when I've been talking to VPs of sales here in the last 60 days, Malcolm, they have stopped sales goals because they don't want to put the pressure on the salespeople. I mean, I'm going, you need a new sales team. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they think goals are pressure, you need a new sales team. Uh, and, and it is astounding to me that I have had salespeople and teams that I've coached just flat out say, well, I'm not going to do that. In my day, I would have never in a million years say, no, I'm not going to do that to my boss, to a consultant they brought in to train, mm -hmm. to anybody of authority. And now this is commonplace where these, you know, I'm not going to do it. No, not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Do, do they give participation medals now to um, I guess. those teams? <laughs> it, was, it was often the, you know, the, right, get out there. There's your, there's your number. There'll be a review every month. And, you know, how are you doing? How's your funnel? How's your 30, 60, 90? Where's it coming from? What, to, what do you need? Um, people coming in, let's, just, let's assume somebody comes out of college or they have a shifting career or, or they'll, you know, or they come out of doing things. Maybe they took a break for a while for whatever reason. Um, 
and they need a refresher, do you take them back to basics or do you start new people from basics? If so, what does that look like? And on my website, I have a checklist that they can go through and kind of grade themselves what they're strong at, what they're weak at. And it goes through all the different aspects of selling. And then they do the same thing for mindset as well, to give themselves uh, um, a snapshot of where they need to improve. Uh, but if, 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 if a, and, and so what I'm saying is that before, um, before I decide how I'm gonna structure each person on that team's coaching and training, I have them go through this checklist. So I have a good idea of where they think their weaknesses are and where they think they need additional training. So I do that purposes, purposely because not everybody is on the same level and I'm not going to train them the same and I'm not going to coach them the same. So that information is valuable to me so I can tailor, tailor the program around them. Now, um, when I do coaching like that, um, Malcolm, I'm doing it individually. Uh, I'll come in a Typically what happens is a sales, uh, a VP of sales will bring me in, have me do um, a kickoff meeting. I do the assessment right after the meeting. And then I uh, come back a week later and I've got everything set and we're, we're ready to start working. So I don't believe in cookie cutter training and coaching. Um, because the people that are advanced will get bored by that and won't participate. So I have to challenge them in different ways. And the newcomers will just be totally lost if I do advanced sales training. And that's it. I know, does that, you know, do you role play? We'll say, right, hey, pick the phone up. I want to hear how you, well, first off, how do, they, how do you find somebody nowadays who's in his office, who's... Who's answering his phone? You know, I, I hear that a lot, but I, I don't know why I don't have that problem. Now, if I make 25 calls in a day, mm. there are days where I won't reach anyone. Then there are days when I'm just finding people left and right. They're, they're picking up the phone, they're talking. Um, and so it, it's an ebb and flow. And just because one day you, you got voice messages all day. Be prepared to leave a um, a, uh, a a voicemail with value, and follow up to support that voicemail with an email. So I train and teach on that as well. Um, but one of my small businesses that I cold called for. And I cold call for small businesses now because I want to stay sharp, Malcolm. You know, I want to, I walk my talk. What I'm training on, I am doing. Mm -hmm. I'm in the trenches doing it too. So um, my cold calling to set an appointment is over 50% now. Wow, that's a, that's a, a big hit rate. It is. and and. It's because of um, my cadence, uh, co-calling cadence, 
you can't get, if you're calling at nine in the morning, you're not getting people, then the next day call in the afternoon. I mean, I believe in mixing it up to find where your sweet spot is. But again, this is old school selling where you keep at it until you find the sweet spot. It may take you two weeks, but you keep doing it until you find the sweet spot. Uh, so many times, you know, salespeople, well, I had one salesperson on a team I was coaching cold call for one day and I knew it wasn't going to go well because he hadn't practiced. He hadn't done anything I had asked him to do. He cold called. Um, he was getting hung up on uh, or he was getting voicemail and the next day he quit. The job. He quit the job. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh it can be survival of the fittest, I think, sometimes, you know. And, and what do you think? Do you think it was his, his feelings being hurt or just the fact that he couldn't do it? He, um, so people have this, this mindset that they should be awesome right out of the park. Mm. You know, and I always remind people when you, you know, think back to a time when you were first learning how to ride your bike. Did you get on that bike and take off the first time? How many times did you fall, scrape your knees, scrape your hands until you finally were able to ride that bike? Why is it that once we become adults, we think we should do everything perfectly the first time we do it? Yep. Yep. And, and probably that's the time that we've slipped into the most bad habits. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, do you have any, you know, like, let's say old school, simple tools that can help people, you know, stay on, you know, task and almost be accountable to themselves? Yeah, that is the hardest thing is when you hold yourself accountable. And the easiest way to hold yourself accountable is to develop the right sales habits. Okay. Habits support routines and when you have the right sales habits it'll be easier for you to not rely so much on gut or on grit discipline that you wake up you've got your routine you've got your habits already in line you know what you're going to do for the day and you execute the day now or you know does anybody's day goes perfectly as planned no but what you don't do is you have the self-awareness to say to yourself, okay, I got derailed. Now I got to get back to the plan. But what a lot of people do, they'll even just blow off their day mm. and take the day off. I can't tell you how many times when I was in the corporate world, especially, I want to say 2012, 2013, um, I left corporate in 2013. Um, how many times people, you know, didn't close the sale, so they'd go golf. Or, or one rep, this was his mode of operation. If he, if, if things did not happen the way he wanted it to, he would leave the office and then spend the afternoon at the movies all day. <laughs> Hopefully watching sales movies. 
but um, I, I doubt whether that happened. Uh, now, you know, let's let's just talk in the affirmative. The uh, the new person, you know, uh, has gone through some of the the, the training. He, he, he's confident in picking the phone up. Um, he dials a, a few, and you know, luckily enough, then he connects with somebody. What would you say, and you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, that um, there are new ways of doing things. And I caught a bit on your, uh, on your uh, interview today. You know, um, how would, what would you recommend that that person, you know, how he starts the conversation or she or they or whatever to, um, to almost like get the hook, to get somebody's attention and the permission to begin to share the reason they called? Yeah, there is some really, really bad cold call openers going on um, out there now. And I'll address that when after I tell you the right way to cold call. So you want to open the call by always saying the prospect's name. Why do you want to do that? People love to hear their name. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a simple psychological thing. People love to hear your name. So you would open the call by saying, you know, hello, Malcolm. And then you would say your full name. Um, and then the business that you're calling from, and then what your value prop is. Now, let me go through this a little bit, Malcolm, because if you have a name that's hard to hear and hard to pronounce, I want to encourage you to, to come up with a nickname that you use and to use that nickname when cold calling because you don't want people to get stuck trying to figure out your name because I can tell you what will happen. And if you're watching and if you have one of those names, they hang up on you. Yeah. So shorten your name, create a nickname, and you would say, hello, Malcolm, this is Christine Harrington with the Savvy Sales Lady Firm. Or, hi, Malcolm, this is Christine Harrington with ABC Widgets. We develop widgets to help businesses grow their sales exponentially. Malcolm, are you still involved in purchasing widgets? So let me break that down. I'm not saying hello, Malcolm, and pause for Malcolm to say um, hello back. I'm going right into my name, my company, my value prop, and asking uh, the buyer a simple question to help start the process of talking. So typically, what will happen is People will say, um, yeah, I am, but you know, you caught me at a bad time, or I'm getting ready to go into a meeting, or I've got so-and-so sitting in my office with me, or what's this about, or I'm good, you know. The perfect response to no matter what the objection is, is simply this. Thank you for letting me know. And then follow with another question. Do you currently have gaps in your widgets? So that is the way you should 
open a call. Don't try to do these little tricky um, gimmicks where you don't tell people your name or your company name because right away they're going to know it's a cold call. Well, in anything you do, if they don't know you, if they don't know why you're calling, if it's an unsolicited call, it's a cold call. Doesn't matter if it's coming from a department manager in another um, business, right? So you're always interrupting uh, when you're cold calling. So what you don't want to do is, you know, is try to trick people because the whole point of the cold call is to build trust and rapport. If you're tricking people up front, how's that building trust? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I, I remember at one time, and thanks for, for, for going through that, because and I, I, I absolutely recommend anyone that is listening to this, is reach out to Christine, you know, um, get a refresher. If you're new in the game, get some guidance. Um, you know, sales is a very, very rewarding uh, career from the financial side of it, but also the variety. I used to work in a factory. And, you know, being there for eight, nine, 10 hours a day, when I moved out of engineering and went into sales, I had, I was a professional visitor. I saw the countryside. I traveled. I had nice lunches. But I was sharing my expertise that I brought from those industries with, you know, uh, with, with prospects in similar industries. And I remember going to um, um it was actually a brewery and I, I went and called on the buyer there and um, I mentioned that uh, uh, the company I was from and he went off on me and said get out of my office so, oh oh get out and I said oh, yeah sure sorry and as I was walking out I said um can I ask you know, is there a reason behind this? Did I offend you or whatever? No, this company and they did this to me, did that to me. I said, oh, that was our other division. Um, can I help in any way? And um, and we became friends. But um, always ask questions. Seek first to understand, I think Stephen Covey said in the old days or whatever. Yeah. How do you know what to say? And this is why coming back to my 11 to 1 ratio, gather a lot of information. And I maybe haven't done a very good job of it here, but I know that you will help, um, you know, um, people who want a refresher, people who want to change a career, people who want more success, people that, that, that want to understand how, you know, some of the new stuff doesn't really suit. Uh, and... <sighs> Not every person on the end of the phone comes from a, a modern times. There's a lot of old school people out there that have, you know, and this is where we are in America um, and in the world, you know, probably four or five generations in the workforce all communicating in different ways. So I'm itching to hear this new stuff you say is not the right way to do it. Okay, it's called tactical tone. And when I first heard this, I just wanted to pull my hair out. I'm thinking, okay, if you're calling CEOs and VPs and middle management um, sales managers, do not do this. It is the tackiest that I think I've heard. So it goes like this. 
So Malcolm, I'm going to call you and I'm going to, and I'm going to um, say hi, Malcolm, and then pause. So keep in mind, um, listeners, that this call is coming through. This CEO or VP or manager or whoever is picking up the phone, not knowing who's on the other on that line. They have no idea who's calling them. They don't recognize the phone number. So it would go like this. Hey, Malcolm. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, and then either people will say hello or who are you, right? So I'll say, hey, Malcolm. Hello, can I help? Hey, Malcolm, I bet you didn't expect me to call today. This is a cold call. I bet you didn't expect that. (laughs) That, my friends, is a call opener that is trending that will get you fired. (laughs) Was that AI generated or, or, you know, was that? Generated by a um, you know a new and inexperienced computer, or supposedly this salesperson who does this YouTube channel all about this has done it successfully, and of course has made millions of dollars, right? And he's made over seventy thousand cold calls, and I'm going, no, you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my calculator out. How many is that? And, and you actually sold something, you know, or now, you're in sales. You're answering... All these comments saying, I'm going to try that. That's exactly what I was looking for. This is going to be great. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Yeah, can't yeah. wait till you try this one. And, and it's almost the... Stick with itness has has, has kind of gone away, and it's you know how can I get the best uh, results? And someone asked me a while ago, said, "What well, what's the best way to do X?" And I said, "Well, you have to tell me first where the best burger in the world is, and then you have to substantiate it, because best is a subjective word. It is you you and the person on the other end of the phone are two different people you have to establish common ground and the easiest way to do that is introduce initially some likability into it some interest why that person should even want to talk to you now you know if you meet somebody in a networking thing or in the supermarket or a baseball game or something or a trade show at least you've got the visual aspect it's much tougher when you're picking the phone up and you're really coming in cold. Now, um, you know, I, I absolutely have always believed there's a place for it. The challenge I would say nowadays is people are in different places and call screening and also the, um, the workloads that, that people that are, that are at companies, things have doubled. Mm-hmm. So do they have the, they don't have time to get out and go to trade shows. They don't have time to go to presentations. Do they have time to pick up the phone and understand that somebody is, is trying to position product service idea or whatever of value to help the organization be a little bit more successful 
or save some money or whatever, whatever the, the, the metric is, um, you know, to, to keep them in business. And this is one thing that um, I actually got on on the, the same frequency with that salesperson, uh, that uh, that buyer, and he appreciated that I was in the supply chain for him to be able to provide the materials, tools, engineering stuff, equipment, and whatever like that for his organization to produce products to sell to people to satisfy it. And 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 it, you know, you you've probably been there where sometimes there's been a bit, a bit of a mismatch where um, a, a purchaser thinks that there's more power in the in the relationship, and it's not an equal thing. Yeah. And uh, how how would you say for for new folks to to handle something like that um, when well, they are potentially going to get their feelings hurt? So. Let me go back to the tactical tone for a second. Okay, sorry. Um, when you use cutesy call openers like that, you show disrespect to the buyer. It's total disrespect. Mm -hmm. Use a professional um, a call opener. And if you feel like, and, and for new salespeople, your client your customer is a peer. You are not a subordinate to anyone. You are both business people mm -hmm. that are looking to solve issues and problems. And you come into that sales situation as a peer, as a trusted advisor that can help that business solve a problem. So you're a peer. You are never, ever inferior or anything to another person. And if you need to wrap your mind around that, and, and I hear this a lot when I'm coaching younger salespeople, they'll say, well, they can see how young I am. Yeah, use that to your advantage. So, yeah. and, and you can do, oh my gosh, you can do it so simply by, you know, admitting that you're new to sales, and but you're there to help them and to solve their problems, and and uh, and, and that if you don't have an answer, you're you're going to make sure you get them an answer. You're going to go get it wherever you're at in life. Own that place that you're at, you know. Yeah. And, and with the people our age, Malcolm. You know, if you're starting something new and you've decided retirement isn't for you, you know, don't go into it with the thought of, you know, I'm too old to learn anything new. I'm too old for this. I'm too old for that. Clint Eastwood said the most profound thing that I wrote down and I've got it on my alarm clock in my bedroom. And someone had asked him, you know, he's 90 years old, he's still making movies. And they said to him, how is it that you can still do this at your age? And he said, every morning I wake up, I don't let the old man win. Yeah, that. and it, I, you know, we're all... We're all Clint fans and wherever, and uh, I can't believe he's ninety. You know that makes me, you know, not too far away from him. You know, I, I, I've always believed that, um, you know, 
how can I put this in, in today's age? There's, there's, there's four different, five different sort of uh, age groups, you know, people communicate in different ways. They can also service in different ways. So if an organization is trying to be young and fresh and putting a face on there, just remember that somewhere at some time, they're going to have customers that are a little bit more experienced and want somebody a little bit more experienced to talk to. And it's the it's almost like um, what you said about the, uh, the youngster. You know, um, these people won't take me seriously because I'm young. Well, get a card that's got the same title as the person you're going to see and do some title matching. And, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and be confident enough is, yeah, I may not have been in this industry too long, but guess what? I've seen all the new stuff that's come in. And I can give you an intro into this. Let me prove my value. And I, I have conversations with my sons and uh, I always think back, I don't know if it was Mark Twain or somebody said that, uh, you know, when I was young, I spoke to my dad and he was stupid. I came back seven years later. Wow, he's been hanging around with some smart people. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's all about perspective. We can learn from, from our peers. We can learn from those older. We can learn from those younger. We can learn from people that we've not even met yet. And I, I always, that's, if you have a thirst for, you know, adventure and you have a, a, you're a, a continuous lifelong learner, sales is the, is the thing to do. It's oh, it's the past, it's the present, it's the future. Everything you see around you, you know, apart from stuff in nature, you know, it's, it's probably been sold. This has been great. Um, I want to close out on uh, on two things. Um, your favorite book and favorite movie. Well, I can tell you, my favorite movie is Independence Day. <laughs> My favorite book, um, other than the Bible, man, that's a hard one, um, Malcolm, because as you can see, my bookshelf back there, and that's not all my books either. Um, man, I don't know that I can pick one out. Um, hmm. Favorite book. Well, it would have to be Over the Top by Zig Ziglar, because I think I've read that book maybe 20 times awesome i think i mean i zig ziglar's my all-time favorite whenever i um we all have days where we're up and down whenever i have a down day i pull out zig ziglar and within minutes i i mean i can just flip my mood around in a second just reading his stuff <laughs> and, and, and the humor that came with it is like oh. uh, I think Jim Rohn was talking to him and he said about oh my my dentist had told me the you know clean your teeth at least the ones you want to keep um, <laughs> and I thought that well look um, I've got a gift for you if you've got a cassette player I've got a Zig Ziglar tape here okay I'll send it to you <laughs> Well, thank you, but I don't have a cassette player. <laughs> Who does? My son said to me one time, he's into music and everything, and he said, Dad, oh, it must have been great. You know, you saw all these different technological changes. I said, yeah, there was there was the, the, the shellac records, and there was vinyl, and there was EPs, and there was LPs, and then the mini discs and tapes and CDs and on and on. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, yeah, I've, got, I've invested in all of them, and sometimes it's like a graveyard there. Um, how can people get hold of you? What's the best way? And um, yeah, yeah. And uh... my, 
my website or um yeah um, my website is www.christineharrington.com and that's c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-e harrington h-a-r-r-i-n-g-t-o-n.com and my email is christine at christine harrington excuse me, Christine at christineharrington.com. And all my social media is under the Savvy Sales Lady, my YouTube channel, Instagram, LinkedIn. Well, LinkedIn's under my name, actually. Mm -hmm. um, Twitter, Facebook, I got it all going. Oh, it's like, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I always tell anybody, look, pick a horse, ride it. One of the things will work for you and then, you know, just run it to ground. Hey, you know, we are fortunate. We've been in this industry. We've been in this profession. We've been practicing this craft and perfecting it in our own way for many, many years. You know, we've got the best jobs in the world. And if somebody wants to join us, I think they should call you. They should ask you questions. They should say, hey, I need an opinion. Um, you know, guide me. And uh, I thank you so much. And um, it'll be a, a day or so till I get the um, the artwork up, and maybe the uh, let's um, let me let me jump out with a a bit of um, you know the toxic triangle, sort of my uh, my my backdrop envy. Okay. Well, but, thank uh, you for having me on, Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, and if anyone stuck this all the way through, look, hey, there's there's a wealth of. Uh, of knowledge in this room here and it's sat over there i've got my own areas and things if i need people you know to be coached trained on how to crack the ice if they're new in the industry i'm going to send them across to christine and you should also okay thank you so much bye-bye bye-bye